Did you know using your browser in incognito mode doesn't actually protect your privacy? Take back your privacy with IPVanish VPN. Just one tap and all your data, passwords, communications, browsing history, and more will be instantly protected. IPVanish makes you virtually invisible online. Use IPVanish on all your devices, anytime you go online at home and especially on public Wi-Fi. Get IPVanish now for 70% off a yearly plan with this exclusive offer at IPVanish.com audio. Rated E for everyone, 10 and up. This episode is brought to you by our patrons who support the show on a monthly basis. Join the club and get exclusive podcast content and more at patreon.com slash that story show. Hi, this is the Pope of uh, the Catholic Church. That, Yep, that one. And you are listening to That Story Show. I highly recommend it as Pope of the Catholic Church. This is really me. Hey! This is that story show, people. Hallelujah! Hey, it was cooking pizza. I turned into a bat. I flew into this tweet. I left her some guano. Hey, how you doing, podcast people? This is that story show where we're telling hilarious real life stories and inviting you to do the same. It's episode 323, brought to the week of December 19, 2019, and I am your host. My name is James, and my good friend and spouse is here. Welcome to the show, Jen. Hi, I'm Jen. Hi, welcome. I, I'm your good friend and spouse. <laughs> good friend. You're my chum. Uh, my, I, my good my, buddy. My chum. Your chum. I'm your chum. Well, welcome to the show. Thank you for filling in for John. John's paying me. John's paying you. He better be paying you because um, you're better. You're better than him. That's so, right. And you do voices like he does. Uh, no. <laughs> nope. Sure you do. I do, do nothing do like good, John. Nope. Do, do a, a good pirate voice for me right now. Arr. <laughs> <laughs> that was more. That was actually more than I thought I was going to get out of you. So <laughs> you caught me in a. You caught me off guard. Caught me at a rare moment. <laughs> oh well, we always start with an opening story. This one's called Table Trip, and it comes to us from Jessica from Texas. Uh, I have a story from when I was in middle school. She says my dad was working um, this particular day, and I decided to pretend that I went to school. This is my it's my plan. I was going to leave the bus stop or leave for the bus stop down the street, but then I would come back after I knew my dad would be gone. So, you know, the, the, the plans of the middle schoolers. Yes, yeah, always well, so, well thought out. So smart and wise they are. In our living room, um, we had two end tables pushed together to make our coffee table, which was directly under a ceiling fan. Halfway through the day, it started to get kind of warm. <laughs> yeah, because nobody was running the air conditioning because <laughs> nobody was supposed to be in their house. But And she wasn't real smart enough to figure that one out. Yeah, <laughs> so, so she climbs up onto the makeshift kind of coffee table, you know, the, the split uh, end tables, mm -hmm. to try to turn the fan on. She says, I don't even remember if I got it on or not. All I remember is one of the tables falling over with me on it and the table, table falling onto my foot. It wa I wasn't wearing shoes, and my little pinky toe immediately started hurting with this horrible pain. Of course, I had hurt myself before and assumed the pain would just go away after a little while. Well, that doesn't happen when you break your foot. Uh, oh, sadly. Kind of like when you stub your toe, and then you could just kind of dance around. Yeah, and it hurts for a little while, but yeah. when you break it, it, it hurts like that the whole time. Uh, 
So a steady throb began and increasingly intensified, accompanied by redness and swelling. I could only think I had hours before my dad got home because I knew he would help me. Finally, he did come home, and I told him what happened, and I expected sympathy, but I got nothing of the sort. Instead, he gave me somewhat of an angry and accusing look and said, you didn't go to school, did you? I was shocked and then defeated, and I admitted skipping school. He looks at my toe and declared, hey, it's broken, and I waited for him to tell me how he was going to help. Instead, he said, oh, they won't do anything for it at the doctor anyway, so I just had to deal with it. I remember it throbbing all through the night and getting no sleep. There's probably more than one moral to this story, and I would love to hear what you guys say it is. Jessica from Texas. Well, obviously the moral is go to stinking school. (laughs) (laughs) That's right. The second moral would be if you need to uh, change the fan, don't stand on like just random kind of small tables. <laughs> yeah, especially if your folks can't afford a coffee table and they can't afford air conditioning during the day when the house is empty. Um, you, you should go to school. They probably, yeah, they, you, you should go to school so you can earn a living and, uh, you know, better your circumstances. Uh, but no, I, I think uh, I think it's hilarious. I broke my toe and it was a little toe. And you I, did. I stumped it, and and it hurt so bad. And you do. You expect the pain to to subside, and it does not. And you had to wear this boot, and you didn't look very cool. I I they did do something for me at the at the hospital. He took a pen because my toe was pointing the wrong direction. Oh God, I forgot about that. It was pointing off to the side, like it uh, wouldn't fit in a shoe. <laughs> Because it's like, like my toe didn't want to go in with its brothers. <laughs> like it was left. <laughs> it had gone its own way. Well, like it belonged on my left foot is what it was. Yeah. Like it was just pointing the opposite way. And the doctor says, I can fix that. And I said, would you? And I expected there to be a procedure. He pulls a pin out of his shirt pocket, sticks it between my little toe and the next, t- my ring finger toe. And then he takes my th- my pinky toe and just bends it like a big giant oh, bendy straw around the pin and the bones scraping against each other did hurt i will say but nothing compared to the pain of having that toe bent over that pin uh, oh the the horribleness but i'll tell you after that it pointed straight just like it was supposed to i think he rebroke your toe <laughs> <laughs> it was already healing up he just He's like, I can fix that. Dude, I had no idea. I thought it was going to be a quick quick and clever life hack. Well, and you would think they'd bring in the little numbing stuff. Yeah. And you wouldn't feel a thing. Yeah, or a there, little, there, little there'd doctor. be a special boot with some gears and yeah. some cranks and some measurements, and he'd have to look through a, a an eyepiece of some kind. Mm. No, no, he just pulls out a pin and oh. right on over it, man. Mm. So it worked out good. Uh, let's rewind the week. All right, now I've already told you this, so you're going to have to just deal with it. But okay. the people need to hear my story. I, I took the kids uh, out to lunch. They've been having weird schedules. Well, Jenna's doing finals. And and Jay, yeah, Jenna's had half days, and Jay had two days of uh, no school because of the snow and ice and, and the treachery. And uh, so I took them out to lunch and uh, happened up, up at uh, Five Guys. And if you've never been to Five Guys, they have some pretty great burgers, um, but they also have free peanuts available for you to enjoy while you're 
you know, in, in their establishment. So I go to get my glass of water. And when I'm coming back, I realize I've walked into the middle of a conversation where I can just pick up just enough of it as I'm sitting down. It's between the two of the between kids. the two of the kids. Gotcha. Um, that they are uh, that basically Jenna is she okay? I sit down and she just says, "I used to eat peanut shells all the time, didn't I, Dad?" And I just said, "Yes." <laughs> you just went with it. I just went with it. You didn't even pause because you were a great liar. I knew the moment I had left to go get my water, she had a spark of oldest sister evil. Yes. And she was trying to talk Jay into eating peanut shells. It's not evil. It's creativity and it's entertainment. <laughs> when you're an oldest, that's all it is. Yeah. So I went with it. and um, But me being the oldest, <laughs> I couldn't let well enough alone and so she's talking about how she enjoys i said yeah i'm surprised you ever stopped (laughs) and i picked up a lone single peanut you know there's the double kind but then there's one that's by itself i said yeah why don't you go ahead and show them how good they are (laughs) she was stuck (laughs) she you could see it on her face but she couldn't let it show no. So she put it in her mouth and she chewed that thing up. <laughs> and did she swallow it? And she it? tried to act like it didn't bother her at all. But when she swallowed the first time and that dust of the, <laughs> hit the back so of her gross. throat, she went, <laughs> she, she just cacked just a little bit. Cacked. <laughs> so did Jay eat any peanuts? No, shrimp? he's not stupid. He's not an idiot. <laughs> Jen needs more practice or she needs a dad who wasn't also a firstborn. She's not conniving enough. Oh. She was trying, though, to her. What is it about oldest siblings? What is it about us? Because you're an oldest sibling. Yes. Um, you just try to figure out things that'll push their buttons. <laughs> I don't know why. I remember I used to tell this story about my sister because we lived kind of on top. Our house was kind of on top of a hill. Uh-huh. And so if you open the front door, there was kind of like a slope. Well, not not a steep, real steep or anything. But so I had this vision of my sister, and I would say that she was like a giant blueberry. <laughs> I think I got it from uh, Willy Willy Wonka. Wonka. Yeah. yeah, and she was gonna she was gonna bounce, you know, out of the house, you know, down that and hill, roll down the hill. Well, it was really stupid, but I said this, and this just upset her like <laughs> you would not believe. And so then it was just awesome. Like, so how old was she? I don't know. She was probably like seven or six. I mean, and she was very emotional. Uh-huh. And I, you know, my family's not emotional. So I was just, I had no emotion. <laughs> and she just would get all upset. Told her about it. Oh, anyway, yeah. It's evil. Evil. Pure and simple. Well, they pick on us, you know. They try to push our buttons in return. The, the little siblings do. Yep. So uh, what's going on in your week? So... First of all, like I, I think you've talked about this on the show. And oh, I, oh, that you're a boxer. Yeah, and I don't even really know what you said. So I, I've, I've told people <laughs> that I think it's awesome that you're a boxer. You have boxing gloves and everything, and you fight. You punch and punch and punch. And I would love what I'd said to John, and John got a really tickled about it for some reason. <laughs> is I would love to see you fight another woman about your size. But what if I lost? I I don't think you would. That's the if, thing. If they were my size, I wouldn't lose. But like in my class, I mean, you saw that one picture. Everybody's like 
10 feet taller than yeah, me. Yeah, you you are the smallest. Uh, you're the no, runt of Nobody the wants me to be my partner in the stuff. I never. I always end up with the teacher who's like super mean. It's like, <laughs> come on, work harder. Push, uh, punch harder. Give me your best. So like, you're, I'm dying. You're too small for anybody, huh? Yeah. yeah oh, my nobody, goodness. Nobody's really excited. Well, anyway, so the boxing is my favorite and helps my sanity. Um, and it's been canceled all week. It's oh. actually canceled for a month because oh. a teacher, I guess he's originally from India. Mm-hmm. So he's going back to India for a month. So. Wow. And, and, and what are you going to do with all this pent up boxing power? Well, I've tried to use it against you, but you don't <laughs> like it. No, I don't. She punches me in the arm and it hurts. I, you but, never said it hurts. Well, you it hurts after like, a while. You said it's like a little, a bug. Like bugs landing on my arm. Yeah. That's what I have to say. Uh, and I have to laugh, too. I don't even hit you that hard. Because it doesn't really hurt, but it, it builds up over yeah. time. And you get punched 30 times in the same spot. It gets a little tender. And I'm pretty powerful. Yeah. Just say it. I'm a pretty darn powerful. <laughs> like, you wouldn't want to meet me in a dark alley. No. Stop laughing. <laughs> well... It just reminds me of the other day when you told me you were coming down for lunch or something and there was a homeless guy sleeping on the stairs and your big powerful self screamed like a little girl and ran back into the building and wondered how how are you going to get downstairs as you stood near the elevators. Just staring at the elevator buttons. What do I do? How do I get to the street? Yeah. Oh, gosh. Yeah. So you are strong and powerful, though. I, I'll give you that. Well, thank you. You're just a tiny. It's like, you know that cartoon where the big chicken in Simity Sam? No, no. Maybe. No, no. The, the big chicken. It, I, I don't know what you're saying. It, it, yeah. yeah. <laughs> it's terrible. I was trying <laughs> to do his voice. Were you doing my pirate impression? I was, I think. <laughs> It'd be, it'd be like... Uh, Are you doing serious? Yeah, Sean. Yeah, Sean. I, yeah, yeah. Is it the chicken with the cigar? No. Because I don't know any chickens <laughs> with cigars. <laughs> you made that up. Well, it seemed like that's what it would be. Foghorn like. Leghorn. That was his name. I don't know that. Okay, Foghorn Leghorn had had a, a, a couple episodes in it where this little chicken hawk, this mm-hmm. little baby chicken hawk would, would be like, I have to come and eat chickens. And... And he had no problem turning away the baby chicken hawk, even though the chicken hawk would try to chew on his leg and all mm-hmm. that kind of stuff. And that's no. unfortunately how I see no. you. No, no. <laughs> I'm kind of like, you know how like in, in uh, the Marvel movies, like Spider-Man's smaller than a lot of the other guys? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm kind of like Spider-Man. Oh. I'm smaller, but I'm pretty darn strong. Yeah. I have no superpowers, but you don't actually know that. So. Oh. Well, I, I think, yeah, I think you're... You're pretty pr- pretty powerful in a chicken hawk kind mm-hmm. of way. Yeah, I don't like that. All right. Um, well, it's a special episode, and we have a special wife person, but we still do the same things we always do, and that is it's time for some listener stories. Is there anybody going to All right. This one comes to us from Noah. No- Noah Luthold from San Antonio. It's called Flip the Peace. My grandfather lives up in Ohio where it snows. He was riding a snowmobile one day. When he was riding, he managed to crash. And he had multiple injuries in his leg, including 
A broken leg. <laughs> in its leg. Yeah. Just uh, along with the injuries in his leg, there was also a broken leg. Uh, on the inside of his ankle, that little ball thing. I think that's part of a bone. Had broken off. <laughs> and it had flipped around, so the broken side was facing out. Oh, God. <laughs> so messed up. This piece of bone was still under the skin. Well, that's good. At least it didn't come out to say hello. So he went to the doctor, and the doctor put a plate and screws on his leg and then saw the flipped piece of bone. The doctor began to fiddle with the piece to flip it over. My grandfather felt so much pain in his leg, he began to shake. The doctor asked him to hold his leg still to no, no avail. The nurse came in to help hold his leg still, and the doctor stopped what he was doing, and he asked my grandfather, aren't you glad we gave you those pain reducers? My grandfather proceeded to reply with, what pain reducers? <laughs> so the doctor freezes and begins to look for pain reducers. I guess pain meds. Yeah. Because the piece was not back on pl in place. My grandfather asked, how much longer is it going to take just to flip the piece? The doctor says, 10 more seconds. My grandfather, being the great old man he is, tells the doctor, go ahead and do it without the medicine. So the doctor flipped the piece. And my grandfather forever has this story to tell. Uh, <laughs> Why does that bother you so much about bones being it's all flipped? A bone being flipped <laughs> over and there was a piece. And if you flip, like, it seems like you should have to get in there and, like, fix some stuff. Yeah, ankles are weird, though. There are lots of little bones. God. And, uh, <laughs> get, uh, get all flipped out. All right, I'll give you a break here. We got a, uh, a, a voicemail. It has kind of a slow start. Uh, but but it pays off. Uh, it's from Alex, and uh, I call it, I used to have anger issues. Here we go. Hey, James. Hey, fart boy. Today, we're going to be um, telling me, a not, story about when I got... Hold on. He wasn't talking to you. He called me fart boy. <laughs> it's, it's John. It's He thinks it's oh. going to be John. Okay. Calm down. <laughs> hey, James. Hey, fart boy. Today, we're going to be um, telling a story about when I got really, really mad because I used to have anger issues um, when I was little. Um, I think I was probably about um, probably about seven when this happened. Hmm. Um, and uh, I just turned 12, actually, last Saturday. All right. Um, Happy and birthday. And it is now, what is it? Doesn't matter. Doesn't matter the what the date ninth? is. Thank anyway, you. Anyway, um, <laughs> so I got really frustrated with my mom one day because I used to have anger issues. Um, Do you think he used to? And have anger? I started yelling I and did. screaming at her, and I was screaming bloody murder, and I was just having a really hard time because I used to be homeschooled, and sometimes I would get overwhelmed with my homework or my schoolwork or whatever it was. And he had anger issues. He used to have anger used issues. Used to. When he was little. When he was little. Because all... now he's 12, and that's ah. clearly grown. Yeah, and, and it's the ninth, and there's been a lot of yeah. time that's passed since he yeah. was 11. But he did used to have anger once, issues. Once upon a time, not anymore. And then, um, I can't remember what it was, but I, <laughs> as stupid as it was at the time, I made an attempt to run away. And so I didn't even do anything with it. I just walked right out the backyard, and we have 16 acres, so I just walked right out the back door and started running. And I ran to our back horse barn because we used to have horses, but we don't anymore. And I was just sitting in the stall crying and having a 
He used to have horses and anger issues. <laughs> now he doesn't have either one. He doesn't have horses or Just anger. letting you know. So he ran away to the barn. To the barn. That's kids for you, man. Well, they don't have a plant. Plus 16 acres. I mean, could you imagine the equivalent of 16 acres? You would be like... That'd be a different neighborhood in be, St. Louis. You'd be miles away. Yeah. <laughs> anyway. Um, <laughs> the kids would be in the hood. <laughs> They'd be running back <laughs> just to be safe. Where's the horse barn? Hard time. Um, and for some reason, when I was doing this, I had my favorite mug that I um, got from my sister, one of my sisters, for Christmas a long time ago. Um, and it was a Batman on one side, and on the other side, it was a Joker mug, and it was gray. Um, and I was, uh, I had stopped crying, and I had cooled down, and I kind of wanted to see Mom. So I start walking back towards the house, <laughs> and then she looks out the do- window, and she smiles at me. Um, and then um, she opens the back door, and as she does that, she opens her arms, and she's ready to hug me, okay? Well... I run, but she's so frustrated at the same time, but I run up the stairs really fast, and we have big stairs, like the big old farmhouse stairs, because our, ho- our house was built in 1815, wow. and um, so I just ran up the stairs really fast, and I um, I had tripped, and the mug that was in my hand just smashed against the ground, and it broke, and then I brought up my hand, and I looked at it. My left hand. And this is probably a good time to play one of your sound effects. In between my ring and my middle finger was a big old triangle piece of porcelain sticking out of my finger. I don't know if porcelain is the right term or not, but it was that kind of clayish mold that they would use to make mugs. Thanks for watching or listening or whatever. Please um, subscribe to these guys and listen to them constantly. And please be a Patreon. I know I'm not, but that's because I'm underage. <laughs> and thanks for listening. Bye. Bye. Well, it, did you sponsor him? <laughs> He's like selling him for you. <laughs> hey, everybody, listen to Alex. That's how Alex got on the show. <laughs> Alex was promoting the good things about the show. No, um, I just love that he used to have anger issues. I know. I, I would like to know, one, why did he have anger issues and how did he fix them? Yeah. How did they just magically go away? I mean, if you're seven and you have anger issues, aren't you just a bad-tempered kid? Yeah, I I think that's what it is. And and the mom, he's coming back from the horse barn, and the mom is welcoming him with open arms. You know what my mom would have been welcoming she, me she, with? She would have slammed the door <laughs> in your face. She would have welcomed me with a belt. That's what she would have welcomed me back <laughs> you with. You run away from me again, boy. <laughs> you better you better stay lost. You, you better live in that horse barn. <laughs> Uh, but, you know, he, he kind of learned his lesson. He, he runs, he tries to get away from her. You know, he, he he wanted to see his mom. That's what mm-hmm. he says. He says, I, I, I got over it. So I kind of wanted to see my mom. So <laughs> the but, anger issues left. Yeah. Yeah. I love her now. And but but I don't want to hug her. So I'm going to run around. And uh, he, he got he got what it, what come to him. You know, he yeah. uh, he broke his mug, his sister's favorite mug. Somehow I was imagining that the mom was breaking the mug when he was walking up the steps to come back. Oh. Like she was angry. Oh, that would but, have been a whole different story yeah, right there. That would have been a little bit bad. Mom would have had anger issues too. <laughs> yes, maybe that's where he got it from. <laughs> <laughs> 
Oh, man. Well, I'm glad you got your anger issues worked out, Alex, but somewhere between age 7 and 12. And I'm glad you know exactly the year your house was built. Yeah, that's pretty impressive. And that is an old house. And he knows how many acres he lives on. Yeah. So, All right, this one's come to us from uh, uh, Kathy Kempf, and it's called Merry Corporate Christmas. She says it's Christmas time, and I had to go to the obligatory work Christmas party last night. As office parties go, it wasn't too bad, but I, I would still rather have stayed home with a cup of hot chocolate and a good book. But let me take you back to many years ago when I went to an office party as a guest of another employee. This party took place at a local hotel and started off with dinner that consisted of prime rib salad, a dinner roll, and some steamed vegetables. It sounded like a dinner that couldn't be ruined, but the prime rib was overcooked. The salad came with a choice of two dressings, Thousand Island, which I can't stand, and then some yellow gloppy gelatinous dressing that looked like it was made of mayonnaise that sat out too long and, and didn't. And don't let me forget the mushy mixed vegetables that were also cooked too long. But hey, the dinner roll didn't disappoint and free is free. But isn't, isn't that the way it is with uh, catered food like all the time? Yeah, it's them preparing it ahead of time. It's never good. It's never good. Food's not meant to travel. It, except the um, the place across the street from my work. Yeah. The uh, boys club. It, best food ever. Oh. But anyway. Well, after a reasonable time for dinner, we all gathered in the bathroom uh, I'm sorry. <laughs> that was super weird. The ballroom. Hey, this is, or the bathroom. This is that story show. It's usually the bathroom. We gathered in the bathroom and in my defense, <laughs> I'm not John James. I'm sorry. <laughs> I already got called a fart face or something like that. Fart boy. If fart I'm, boy. He, hey, come on. He used to have anger issues. Give him a break. Uh, um. They gathered in the ballroom, and the usual end-of-year speeches by the company owner and the manager took place. You know, the rah, 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 we didn't do well this year. And then the funny stories that never failed to embarrass the subjects of said stories. And then the party moved on to the next stage, where each employee got a turn to randomly draw out his or her gift from a bowl. The gifts were surprisingly generous and awesome. A weekend for two at a ski lodge in Whistler, Canada, an overnight stay for two at the hotel that we were just having the party at, a gift certificate for a local movie theater that would be enough for a family of four to see a movie and eat treats and all kinds of gift certificates for expensive restaurants in the area. The thing was, everyone just pulled out a piece of paper that told each employee what they had won. None of the prizes actually existed yet because the secretary hadn't actually bought any of the gift certificates and actually no employee ever received any of them. Oh my God. So it turned out this Christmas party was just as lame as it appeared to me right from the beginning. The company also no longer exists. Oh, that is the worst. Doesn't that sound like corporate stuff though? Oh, (laughs) I'd be so mad. (laughs) You, you won a trip for two to, Although, to Canada. I'm always suspicious when they try to give out like, like when you, have, well, I've always worked for larger companies, I guess. But when you have a lot of employees, you can never afford to give out like a just of, random crap. You have to like make, I don't know. It, it has to be pens. Yeah. Or, just, or, or, or journals with your company yeah, logo. A, a piece, a cookie. A water bottle. Some steak. <laughs> 
some bad steak. Well, I I think that's ridiculous. We we did a um a story just last week about a bunch of middle schoolers that were promised an Apple Watch if they sat through a, uh, a presentation mm-hmm. by a speaker, special speaker. And at the end, he he chose one student, and that student comes up and he opens up a a, a box and pulls out an apple and tells the kid to watch the apple. Ah, uh, and to me, this is the adult equivalent yes. of that, except yes. this is even worse. Yeah, because uh, you would think it, you would actually get that because it's stuff's not that extravagant, so it makes sense. Yeah. I mean, like, yeah, just a gift, a $50 gift certificate or two. But Jack, with wow. a bunch of adults or kids, it's it's it makes you LBB material. I'm, yes. I'm glad to hear that company lo- no longer exists. Yes, we can probably see why. They just made up stuff. This one's called Zombie Kitty. It's from Megan from Alberta, Canada. Every week, myself and the kids listen to the show, and I hear your call in, your call out for more stories, and I always want to help out, but I draw a blank when I sit down to write. Well, here's a story I finally remembered that may be good enough to read on the show. It's a bit morbid, though. It's, it's not that morbid. It's not. So, we live in a little hobby farm in Alberta, Canada. What's a hobby farm? I don't know. I was just trying to figure that out. <clears throat> Is it a, it's a, it's a, I, I don't think know. of like Holly Hobby. I, I know. I do too. Do you think hobby is like a name for a horse in Canada? No, I think it's just a, a small farm. Is it a farm that's like, it's their hobby to farm? So yeah, it's maybe, like tiny. Maybe they've turned their it's, plot of land into a, a small farm. Or it's just like a big garden. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah. You know, y'all have to tell us, Canadians, what what in the world you're talking about there? What's a hobby farm? What's a hobby farm? Uh, so anyway, I, we always have a ton of cats wandering around. Apparently, a hobby farm has cats. attracts cats. Maybe it's a farm for cats. Maybe so. One June, a cat had a litter of kittens, and my kids were excited to have a few little snuggly kittens to play around with, and so was our dog Scout. Uh oh. At the time, he was our only dog and really lonely, so he was excited to have something new to sniff and quote-unquote play with. So on the first day of summer vacation, I got up before the kids to go to work and walked out of the house to see a weird black shape in the grass. I thought maybe the mama cat had killed a crow or another bird, but on closer inspection, it was a dead, wet kitten. And I'm, I'm guessing Scout got a little over-affectionate and licked the kitten and tried playing with it a little too much. Uh. So I went in the house quickly to grab a trash bag and put the put the kitten in before the kids woke up to see. And as I bent to scoop the kitten out of the grass, it squawked. I wouldn't I could not believe that it was still alive because its eyes were open and all glassed over, but it was alive. And I panicked because now I wasn't sure what to do. Do I save it? Do I put it out of its misery because I had to leave for work? I woke up my husband and I let him decide. Nice uh, wife thing to do. I would so do that. <laughs> <laughs> I would be like, James, I can't, I can't deal I can't with this. I got to go to work. <laughs> freaking Jesus Christ cat here that can't decide yeah. if it wants to be alive or dead. Two, year, two hours later, my husband sent me a picture of the kitten, fluffy, drinking milk from a bowl in the kitchen. Apparently, he had taken the blow dryer, warmed up and dried out the kitten for two whole hours and brought it back to life. So here's the story of the zombie kitten. I hope you liked it. I have one more story about her, but I'll save it for another time. Megan from Alberta, Canada. Hmm. Cats. That's weird. (laughs) 
Uh, uh, yeah, I don't, I don't like cats. Not a big fan of cats, but I don't like it when animals suffer either. Yeah. So I'm glad there was a happy ending. It, it was much better than like he buried it alive or something. Oh, <laughs> I don't gosh. Know. What do you do with a dying kitten? We, we do. We have this thing you don't know about. It's called the retail harp. Okay, it's when we retell the story, but usually when we retell the story, we have a better ending. You just retold the story with a worse ending. (laughs) But it was a happy ending. I had to go the other way. (laughs) Buried it alive. What do you do? You take it out and shoot it with a shotgun? (laughs) What do you do if it's dying? Oh my gosh, Jen. You just don't know the rules of the show. I'm sorry. It's okay. I'm sorry, show people. Just don't call me fart face again. Yeah, don't call I'll, me fart boy. Yeah. I'll, uh... All right. This one is uh, from Will, and it's called uh, Beat That Kid. So here we go. Hey, guys. Uh, Will here. Uh, first off, I, I know I'm recording in my car right now, this story, but it's the only time I have to do it. So I apologize because I know that James hates it. But anyway, yes, I wanted to send in a story since I heard that you guys were needing stories. Um, and this is just a quick story about a time in high school when uh, it was one of my finer and not finer moments of my high school cross-country uh, running career. Um, so one day there was a race, a 5K, that I was running and I just wasn't really feeling it, wasn't feeling good. And um, it was coming towards the end of the race and... I, you know, I just wasn't feeling it. Usually I I try to sprint it in, you know, run hard at the end, do well, but I just wasn't feeling it. And so I'm kind of lagging behind. People are passing me. And as this one kid passes me, I hear kind of off in the crowd, you know, everybody's like cheering and yelling and stuff. And off in the distance, I hear this, this voice, which I'm assuming had to have been this kid who's passing me uh, is, you know, it must have been his mom because I hear yeah way to beat that kid (laughs) and uh usually i'm not super competitive but when it comes to stuff like that i am so i i turned it on and i booked it into the finish line i beat that kid i he passed me and then i passed him and so uh ended up beating him and then you know i was feeling great uh but then I promptly went over and puked so hard that I pulled a muscle uh, in my stomach. So, yeah, that's that's my kind of redeeming story and also not very redeeming since I puked my brains out at the end. But anyway, guys, I hope you enjoyed. Love the show. Uh, keep up the good work. Bye. All right. Thanks, Will. Uh, it's just called signal to noise ratio. <clears throat> what does that mean? That means when there's a background noise mm-hmm. and then the voice is on top of it, it makes it very hard uh, for people to hear. <laughs> ah, so that's all it is. But he he obviously had a stoplight in there somewhere because mm-hmm. he you know we could hear a good bit of it there. But yeah, folks, if if you're recording, please try to pull over for safety's sake. That's and, right. And signal to noise ratio. You don't have to understand it any more than my wife just did. I um, understand it well. Yeah. But the, the, the signal being your voice, the noise floor being the background noise, uh, if I magnify the voice, it magnifies the, the background noise uh. as well. And so uh, it, it's, it's just a bad thing. But 
Um, it would be like if we had stuff going on in the background, like this. Let me see. I'll find out something that... I, I kind of like that. You do? Yeah. Well, I'll just keep that up then. <laughs> no, it's getting on my nerves so much. <laughs> just flapping some papers around. But no, it was a good story. I'm glad he beat that kid, especially with the butthole mom in the, in the stands. Beat that kid! I, I beat, I'll beat that kid. Beat that kid with a bat. <laughs> so, uh, have you ever been in a race? I have. Are you a racer? I I did track when I was in middle school. Yeah? Yeah, I was kind of not that good. but You tried hard, I'm sure. I, I did try hard, but I don't know. I'm not the fastest of runners. Yeah, but you're like Spider-Man. Then I wasn't. It's been a recent oh. Spider-Man experience. Oh, okay. <laughs> I didn't punch anybody back then. Okay. You didn't have anger issues back then. No. Unlike uh, Alex. That's right. Uh, this is called Pacific Pain. It's uh, <laughs> it's our closing story. It's from John Cartwright. And it goes a little something like this. I'm somewhat new to your show, but nonetheless, I love the humor. That said, I hope this story is not inappropriate for your show. No, it, it, it is not. It is not inappropriate. How do you know that? Because I've read it. Oh, okay. I read every story before it comes on the show. Uh, I spent the first eight years of my adult life in the U.S. Coast Guard. Really? Yeah. Oh, adult life. I was thinking like his first years <laughs> of his life. I'm like, I don't think that's right. He's eight years old. He's like, I'm done. <laughs> then- he, he can retire in 20 years <laughs> when he's 20. <laughs> <laughs> oh gosh yes for the first eight years of my adult life adult life yeah all right important so for three and a half years i was stationed on the large ship and spent a lot of time out at sea on one occasion we were transitioning from san diego california to honolulu hawaii for shipwide training on the way to the hawaiian islands we stopped several times in the middle of the pacific ocean for swim calls as it sounds, this is a morale activity where the shipmates can go swimming off the side of the ship. Sounds like to me it's feeding shark time. Yeah, I was going to say that scares me to death. But anyway. <laughs> it's bottomless pit. Let's oh, just go God. swimming in it. No uh, big deal. Uh, there are many ways to enter the water, such as jumping off the flight deck, going down a ladder from the aft, the back of the ship, through a water level door, and on some rare occasions, the bridge which is roughly 67 feet above the ocean. 67 feet, you would die. That's suicide height right there. Uh. As as one of the younger, more adventurous types in the unit, I, I opted to jump no. off the bridge. No. He was only eight years old. What could he do? <laughs> yeah. What, what other options do he have? I don't think an eight-year-old should be swimming in the free ocean. <laughs> There's something safer about the shore. When you're out in, in there, like anything can eat you, oh. like the Loch Ness Monster. Yeah, you're just a tiny speck in a giant oh. ocean. Anyway, I opted to jump off the bridge. I did this three times with no problem. Each time equally as frightening and as exhilarating as the time before. I had never experienced such a long time in the air free falling before. The impact against the water was a little rough, but totally doable. And I witnessed multiple people jump off the bridge only to land slightly on their side or just in a bad position, leaving them in excruciating pain and ultimately spending significant amounts of time with the shipboard medic for the next couple of days. I'm surprised they even let him do this i know like we need these people to be like guarding the coast (laughs) (laughs) why are they jumping off the ship jumping off of it uh it it was concerning 
But what was more concerning to me at that time was that the command was going to shut down the bridge for jumping off because of some of the injuries. So in a hurry, I rushed up to the bridge for one last jump in. I had done it three times already, so I was confident in my dismount. As I jumped off, instead of being perfectly upright, my body was at just a slight angle. So when I impacted the water, my butt took the entire impact of the jump. In a millisecond, I had received my first and only excruciating enema with such velocity and intensity delivered to me courtesy of the Pacific Ocean. So that's pretty gross. Uh, it's like the equivalent of like a, a, like a sharp object up to your <laughs> it's just not okay. It's just the Pacific Ocean uh, saying I'm finding the path of least resistance here. Uh, so I was still at least 10 feet under the water, screaming in pain from this severe impact, confident that my butt was bleeding. Instantly, a few thoughts rushed through my mind. I'm going to attract sharks to the swim call that everyone was enjoying, and everyone on the boat will be watching me swim over with blood coming out of my butt, and I will be forever known as the guy who had this happen to him. You know, butt blood boy. So as, as fast as I could under the pain, I made it to the outs, uh, to the waterside rescue door. I instantly got up out of the water and inspected my shorts. Thankfully I was not bleeding and it appeared that I had escaped any injury. The pain subsided over the rest of the evening, but the next morning when I woke up in my rack, which is the shipboard bed, I couldn't bear to sit up or put any pressure on my rear end. Instead, of sitting up, I had to roll out of bed and force myself up from a kneeling position. Poor guy. <laughs> the ocean had his way with him. <laughs> yeah, it did. And not, no. <laughs> In the worst way possible. For the next three weeks, I had to sit on a butt donut. And I even had to get an ultrasound of the region I injured. <laughs> oh, the, the, just the, what you call it, the humiliation. Yeah, of having a butt injury. <laughs> it's just like, I, I can relate. I know, but at least you didn't jump off the bridge <laughs> and you weren't on a boat with like a hundred million other five men. gallons of water didn't go up yeah, my tuckus. Yeah. Needless to say, I'm now a strong advocate for making people aware of inappropriate ocean anonymous. <laughs> they are super painful <laughs> from John Cartwright. <laughs> Gosh. Oh my goodness. Oh yeah. There's not much to say about that. That one's That's pretty much stands just, on its own. Uh, just glad glad to have heard it and uh glad it's now in the past and the moral of this story is you don't jump off a 57 67 feet. feet bridge no you jump like two feet yeah maybe four just maybe six you just wee yeah nice happy S something that's not gonna possibly kill you oh god I mean, and I would be the one who would die oh well, yeah because remember the cross because you would try it yeah one time my wife was was on a cross. Oh God! <laughs> Sounds weird, but this cross was made for uh, something called a uh, a human. Uh, what do we call it? Human, human video. A human video, which is a weird name. Yeah, it is. It is. But in church, people would act out parts uh, to tell a story along with a song. And um, in in this particular one, the song was called "I'm Diving In." And the illustration and the way it was put together was we built a cross that was about eight foot tall. And the cross was built very sturdy because across the, the, the cross piece, there's the straight up part. And then there's the, you know, across mm -hmm. the arms part. There was a, uh, a deck 
basically a little plank built up there to where you could walk across the top of the cross. And at a certain point in the song, someone was supposed to jump off of this cross into uh, a pit of sorts. Uh, like, the same kind like of gym mat. It, like gym. the mats that, that pole vaulters fall into. Mm. We had these down there. And my wife, of course, beautiful, strong, independent, forward-thinking <laughs> woman that she is. I was in my early 20s. She wanted so. to get up there and jump off this thing like a dummy. <laughs> but then you add in the fact that I'm afraid of heights, and I'm not very logical when it comes to, like, how do you do stuff? So our yeah. friend David is telling her, this is how you do it. You have to jump out, put your feet out in front of you, and land on your butt and your back. Yeah. And uh, Jen hears this, and she processes it. She's not a stupid person. She's no. always been one that I've always considered to be fairly smart. But in this moment, what she did, instead of everything she was told to do, she stepped off the cross. <laughs> I did, because I got scared, and I couldn't think straight, and I didn't understand what one, he said. One foot was halfway down. The other foot was still all the way up on the, on the plank. Oh. She did this weird kind of crumble fall where she <laughs> landed on a leg, and then the hip, and then the body just kind of ragdolled around and and uh, there was a there was an audible crack oh god i can still hear it, it i was, still can't listen to that song without my back hurting <laughs> some, like something in this woman snapped or cracked or popped or something uh, to the point that it scared me to death well some people i thought i was paralyzed i was laying there and i i was convinced i was paralyzed and i i, I told her not to move and i some ladies, uh, a lady came in and she says, uh, oh, what happened? And I said, go get help. And I meant for her to go call 911. Well, we're laying there and Jen tr tries to move and she's finding that she is indeed going to somewhat be okay. You know, that, that, that it probably doesn't warrant an ambulance. But here come this lady that had <laughs> asked <laughs> what she could well, do no, i was still laying there I she was, was still laying there but the lady heard when it, when i said go get help what she heard was go get a prayer team <laughs> we were at the church by <laughs> we were the, way. At the church yes and it's, i was still laying there not moving not not real sure like i thought i was paralyzed but i i wasn't real sure well then these people come up. about five people come in and start putting their hands on her <laughs> and, and praying like, for her and shaking her and stuff. And I'm like, I'm I'm going to I'm going to get out of here. I don't care if I'm paralyzed or not. I'm leaving. <laughs> so it did heal her. It healed her right up. I got, it healed I'm her like, enough to move. I'm like laying there thinking, I think I'm okay. I'm getting out of here. <laughs> so I jumped I jumped up and tried oh, to leave. Yeah. Anyway. I don't so I still don't know what that prop was, but maybe uh, they did heal you. That's the thing. What if they did? No, I think I started to feel better before they got back, but uh, I'm not sure. Yeah, yeah. Jesus. I just remember wanting to get out of there. But Je anyway. Jesus was working. You yeah. Know, that's all I know. Well, and that's that's our show for today. It was, a, it was a short one. It's only 47 minutes. That's that's fine. Um, so do you have any stories about zombie kittens? How about uh, times where you went to a Christmas party and was given a gift that was never received? Uh, have you ever had anger issues in your life? I, I have. <laughs> I am having them right now. Uh, is your grandpa uh, uh, the man and can handle having bones reset without no. pain reducers? No. No? Well, whatever kind of story you have, you can send it 
Email our audio to thatstoryshow at gmail.com. And if we use your story, we owe you a sticker. So email us your address. That's thatstoryshow at gmail.com. Thatstoryshow.com is the website. Follow us on Instagram at thatstoryshow. Review us in Apple Podcasts or wherever you listen to us. And thanks to our patrons for your support. With special thanks to James Spangler, Jennifer Kennison, Eric Kube, Janusz Streisbeck, and Carrie Wright. Join the club and get more from your favorite podcast today at patreon.com slash thatstoryshow. And hey, remember, when something weird, annoying, embarrassing, gross, painful, or zombie-like happens to you, don't get depressed and don't get stressed. Just think, hey, this belongs on That Story Show. Thanks, Jen, for doing the show with me. No problem. Yeah, I appreciate you letting them call you Fart Boy. I'm not Fart Boy (laughs) or Fart Girl or Fart anything. I don't even like that. You don't like that word. No. That's why you don't listen to the show. That's why I'm not John. That's right. Well, we miss you, John. Uh, Merry Christmas, everybody, by the way. See you next time. Did you know using your browser in incognito mode doesn't actually protect your privacy? Take back your privacy with IPVanish VPN. Just one tap and all your data, passwords, communications, browsing history, and more will be instantly protected. IPVanish makes you virtually invisible online. Use IPVanish on all your devices, anytime you go online at home and especially on public Wi-Fi. Get IPVanish now for 70% off a yearly plan with this exclusive offer at IPVanish.com audio.